Hey, it's Josiah Novak, and welcome to the True Transformation Podcast, the top fitness podcast for men who want to get ripped, naturally boost testosterone levels, and use fitness as a tool to not only look and feel better, but improve all areas of life in the process. Welcome to the show. Buckle up. Life moves fast. Let's make it count. Welcome back to the True Transformation. It's Josiah Novak, and today I am joined by Adam Lowry, the co-founder over at Sugar Break. Adam is a former climate scientist, and he's the founder of what he defines as two mission-driven businesses. You've probably heard of some of these products before, Method Products and Ripple Foods, both of which I've seen in Target and other stores nationwide. He creates businesses with sustainability principles at their core so that their growth produces positive social and environmental impacts. He's a globally recognized leader for the In For Benefit business. Adam's companies have eliminated millions of tons of waste, GHG emissions, and water use. He's also created hundreds of green manufacturing jobs on four continents and created nearly a billion dollars in returns for employees and shareholders. Needless to say, Adam is a successful guy, but I wanted to get him on today because his new company that he's co-founded, Sugar Break, is an all-natural, complete solution to help promote healthy blood sugar management. And I know a lot of our clients and the folks who listen to this show are interested in this because obviously getting in better shape, getting lean, and becoming the best version of yourself does involve managing your blood sugar. So the comprehensive system that Sugar Break offers is made up of proprietary formulations of scientifically proven all-natural herbal ingredients backed by over 20 ingredient clinical studies. Sugar Break's three introductory products, Resist, Stabilize, and Reduce, which we talk about on the show, were created by harnessing the power of plants and nature with no known side effects based on usage to date. Sugar Break is a public benefit corporation and was created to help people reduce their sugar consumption and maintain healthy blood sugar as part of a healthy lifestyle. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's welcome Adam Lowry to the show. All right, Adam, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you jumping on here and talking about Sugar Break. Dude, this is going to be exciting. Always a pleasure to meet like-minded people. And I'm curious to know just for the audience, because this is my first time chatting with you. I, I don't have any background with a relationship with you or anything like that. I'm curious to know who you are, where you started, and just a little sure. bit about your background. Yeah. From a background standpoint, education-wise, I'm a chemical engineer. That's what my degree is in, but I wasn't a particularly great chemical engineer, to be honest with you. So I started my career as a climate scientist, of all things. So doing the science that was supposed to lead to policy change, and this was a long time ago. This was in the 90s. And that was a frustrating experience because you do that kind of work because you want to see public policy and behaviors kind of move in that direction. And that wasn't happening. I uh, worked on things like the Kyoto Protocol and big sort of intergovernmental stuff like that. And so I kind of made a switch about five years into my career and I started my first business, which was a cleaning products business called Method, the Method brand. And that brand was really based on the idea that we could make a greener product or a more sustainable product, something that was like just cool and interesting and sort of countertop worthy. So like 
kind of bringing a little bit of chic into the whole like eco world. And the idea there was really how do we not preach to the converted by trying to sell a green product to people that are already green, but get everybody else that just wants it to look cool in their bathroom or whatever to kind of get on board. And since then, that's been sort of the course of the work that I've done. I started another business called Ripple Foods, which does something very similar in the dairy alternative space, very nutrition focused. Happy to talk about that because a lot of relevancy there to a fitness and nutrition space. And then Sugar Break is my latest business that I started with three other co-founders. And the whole idea here was just the realization of both sugar, both inside and outside of your body and what it does to you. And I'm sure we'll get into this. Sugar is pervasive. It's sort of everywhere. And what we wanted to do is create something that let people sort of regain their control over their relationship with sugar. And so I guess the common thread, Josiah, is like trying to create things that help people and help the world. I'm not necessarily claiming to change the world, but just trying to do some stuff that sort of aligns personal passion with trying to do a little bit of good. No, it makes so much sense. I mean, we're in uh, the perfect time to have these type of discussions. You know, I was, I was reading the other day about just being a father and having kids and the epidemic around or the obesity epidemic that we're facing with children, right? Yeah. And how if you go to the grocery store, everything is marketed towards my kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's all at the eye level of my children. It's all sugar-based food, right? Yeah. And so it's always a topic of discussion, whether we want it to, to be or not, because it's in our face 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred years ago, we didn't have this problem, right? It did these, and it's not just sugar. There are also things like corn derivatives in the U S is another example where there's just a lot of the U S grows a huge amount of corn. And so there's like maltodextrin and corn derivatives in lots and lots of different foods. And so without trying to screw yourself into the ground, trying to learn about all of this stuff, right? You're a parent, you want to make those right choices for yourself and for your children. And what you want to have is you want to have tools in your toolkit that allow you to try to navigate the world in a way that's a little bit healthier. My kids, I, I joke, I call my kids carbitarians because we'll go out to a restaurant and they'll have mac and cheese with fries and another thing that's brown, right? There's all brown foods all the time, right? And that's sort of my personal you know, connection to some of the stuff we're doing at Sugar Break, where there's only so much fighting you can do with that <laughs> before they sort of break you. <laughs> and so you got to have these tools to try to figure out a way, okay, these kids are going to go through the world. They're going to have to navigate. We're going to have to teach them to make their own good choices around food in general, around sugar most specifically, and how do we do that? So I think that's what it's all about. So I, I guess I have a big question for you to start, right? How did we get here, right? Because you mentioned how like 100 years ago, we weren't dealing with this stuff. How do we get to this spot where food and the consumption of sugar and also like the corn derivatives and basically everything gets overconsumed besides probably protein. How did we end up in this spot? With the caveat that I'm not an expert in this space, but I do like to read a lot of the author, authors that, that write a lot in this space. People like Michael Pollan, for example, he's very well known for that work on the corn story, Omnivore's Dilemma, I think was the name of that book. But it has a lot to do with just the commercial enterprise behind food and the way that humans eat. And I guess the answer that I'll provide that maybe is additive to this conversation, because while I don't know about the industrial complex thing all behind it, I've read a lot about it, and I know that's a big part of it. I think a lot of it is also evolutionary. 
right? Humans evolved to be able to seek out sweet, delicious fruits that they would find in wherever they, they lived because those things were nourishing and gave you energy in an environment where you didn't necessarily have too much to eat, right? And that was only like, pick your time frame, right? A hundred, couple hundred years ago, right? That humans were in that situation. We're now in a world of abundance where there is literally for not just packaged food, but whole foods, just, there's just an abundance of food around us all the time. And we have a world of choice around us. And I just don't think humans are very well evolved yet for a world of abundance of food. And so that sometimes leads to the overconsumption of things that we evolutionarily think are really yummy and actually are really good for us, right? Fruit's a good example. It's but now we have lots of things that taste as sweet and delicious as fruit, but aren't as healthy for us as most fruits are. So I think that's got a little bit of something to do with it. And I think that we're learning, honestly, as a species about how do we change our behaviors in a world where it's not like it's been for the last 10,000 years. We, we have all the food we need. It's now about selecting the right foods um, that'll keep us healthy through also a much longer lifespan than we used to have. One stat that just completely blows my mind is that human lifespan, this is in the U.S., has increased by 41 years in the last 100 years. Oh my goodness. Which is kind of insane. If you think about that, if it increases by 100 years and 100 years, that's immortalities, which is kind of like mind-bending. But still, we've doubled life expectancy in the last 100 years, and a lot of that because of nutrition and medicine and all of the things that we know. But I just think the world is changing really fast right now, and we're not yet figured out like how to deal with that really well. And things like obesity and diabetes to some extent, extent, those diseases, I won't say causation, but they're connected. They're correlated with those things. Correct. Yeah. And obviously one of the hot topics that I hear this from clients all the time is sugar, right? They're always like, oh, I'm addicted to sugar or I I try to stay away from sugar. And then some people take it a level deeper and they're like, I try to stay away from processed sugars. And I think there might be, well, we should probably get clear on sugar, right? What are some of the things we need to understand about it? And maybe some of the things that we have misunderstood about sugar. Yeah, I think the first thing is that, in in a sense, sugar is addictive, right? A lot of the same things that happen in your brain with with drugs happen to a lesser degree, but also happen in your brain when you eat sugar, dopamine responses, that sort of thing. And so it can be very powerful, particularly for some people, a draw that they go back to over and over again. And you combine that with the availability of sugar in foods, and it's a hard thing to resist. So I think that's number one. Sugar's not all bad, right? It's an energy source. It's vital in a lot of different functions. Just we need to make sure that we're consuming it in a way that's proportional to what, you know, to what our body needs. That's what we're trying to do with our business. But by and large, I think the attitude I want to take towards sugar is like, hey, there are things out there that we enjoy that are delicious. We've got to practice moderation on those things. And we've got to try to be aware of how sugar will sneak its way into lots of foods that we don't think have a lot of sugar, just to try to be a little bit more conscious about the way that we eat. And then the last thing I would say, and this is something that I know from a lot of sugar break consumers is we have a product that helps people not eat sugar in the first place. Mm -hmm. And 
once you stop eating so much sugar, and you don't have to go cold turkey, right? You don't have to go completely sugar-free. But once you start eating a lot less sugar, you desire sugar a lot less, um, yes. which makes sense. And so it gets easier and easier over time to have a lower sugar or a healthier relationship with sugar in your diet once you get started. So that's, that's good news. Yeah, the palate changes. I tell people, you'll know when you're on the right track when an apple is like a piece of cheesecake. You're like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. the sugar. Well, that's what happens, right? You, you're able to taste, you know, sugar can, if you have really sugary stuff, like anything, it can numb your taste buds to sweetness. And so that apple doesn't taste as sweet, right? right. If you've had a lot of whatever. Candy bars and all yeah, that other sure. stuff. So you mentioned something that I heard that immediately piqued my interest, but helping people avoid the sugar craving. What are some of the things yeah. you guys have and, or have created to help with yeah. that? So at Sugar Break, we basically have three products that we call resist, stabilize, and reduce. And that is what they do with your relationship with sugar. So resist is all about resisting sugar. And so this is a product, it's like a Listerine strip, if you remember those little yeah, mints that you put on your tongue after dinner. But this one contains an herb called gymnema. And gymnema, it's an herb. It's been around for thousands of years. But what gymnema does is it actually immediately kills your ability to taste sweetness. So it's completely wild. But imagine you put a listerine strip on your tongue, and then immediately for about a half an hour, you cannot taste sweetness at all. So you can do this strip, a sugar break strip, and pour sugar straight on your tongue. And it's like pouring sand on your tongue. Wow. And so that does a couple of things. Number one, it sort of short circuits the pleasure mechanism of tasting the sweetness, particularly if you're a person that, you know, struggles with that, ooh, it's after dinner, I, I really want a piece of cake or, a, you know, a cookie, or now I want a second cookie, right? If you struggle with that, this is a great product. It just interrupts that. But it also helps with that, that sort of brain response to sugar as well, because when you don't then get that gratification of, of having that sugary thing because you don't want it, it doesn't taste good anymore, then you no longer have your brain telling you like, hey, I, want, I need another cookie, I need another cookie. And so essentially it's like replacement therapy for sweets and it's a nice fresh breath mint and that is resist. That's that resist Amazing. product. Yeah, that's huge. It's a pattern interrupter. Right. Yeah. And it's completely natural. It's all natural. It's clinically proven. So it has clinically proven results and it, and it's measurable. You can measure the amount of sugar that you don't eat as a result of using the product. That's incredible. Yeah. I love stuff like that because it's not, it doesn't require an enormous amount of effort, right? It's a low barrier to entry. You just got to have the product yeah. with you. And then, cause I'm like, I'm the salty sugar guy, right? Like yeah, yeah. if I have a salty meal, like, man, I, I need something just to counteract that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, yeah. And yeah, it's easy to go back and forth too. You're like, Oh, now oh yeah. Salty. <laughs> 100%. yeah but we, we call that resist product willpower in your pocket because mm. if, if you just, all you do, you freshens your, your mouth, your palate after a meal, and then you're good to go. You will not want, or you will not eat sugar for at least a half an hour after that meal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good uh, habit stacking thing too, because you can pair a bad habit with a good habit, right? So if your bad habit is, well, after dinner, I always have a cookie, like you said, right? Yeah. That's not necessarily the greatest habit in the world. So you could now say, well, every time I want a cookie after dinner, since I'm going to want it, I just use the resist strip yeah. first, and then I go from there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and tons of people are doing that now and having really great results in terms of just their ability to reduce sugar. There clearly are weight loss benefits that can come of that sort of thing. But we're just excited that people are interrupting that, that relationship with sugar. There are two other products that, that work inside your body with your blood sugar that we make. So stabilize and reduce. Stabilize is basically a carb blocker. So yeah, it's yeah. made from white mulberry leaf. Again, all natural, measurable, clinically proven. And it acts like fiber in your gut. So some of the sugar does not get absorbed when you have a carb or sugar-heavy meal. So your the blood sugar spike you get from the insulin response is much less. It's about 40% less clinically proven to be 40% less. And there's great benefits there, both in terms of absorbing less of that carb in your body, as well as just feeling better, right? Food coma is a result of that, that, that sugar spike that you get after a meal. And then, you know, finally, the last product is reduced, and that's a daily pill supplement that you take, and that stabilizes your blood sugar over time. So that has, again, genema in it, but in a, a dosage for everyday use, and what that'll do is stabilize blood sugar over time. And we can kind of get into that, but that's related to the diabetes, pre-diabetes, and a whole host of other comorbidities that can come along when you have unstable or high blood sugar. And so it's, it's very important for, for many, many people. Oh, yeah. This is huge. We obviously love the, the weight loss benefits, right? Looking better, losing weight, all that's great. But health benefits are really what we're after here because... The health, usually a healthy body leads to looking and feeling better, right? So if we can get the internal dialed in as well as the external appearance, then sure. we're winning on both fronts, which is... Yeah, get you feeling good, get you, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, and I've suffered from this in the past where you're working your desk job all day long and you're eating whatever you got to eat in the afternoon to kind of keep you going, trying to not have coffee in the afternoon and your energy levels just, they end up going up and down and up and down. And if you can maintain a more steady eddy kind of energy level, which is related to blood sugar, then, you know, you just feel better and you can perform better, whether that's athletically or whether it's just doing that desk job when you got to do that desk job. Yeah. It's like a lot of people, they typically, or at least the folks we work with like to work out in the morning because they feel their best. Right. And some of them are like, man, I really wish I could work out in the evening because I do have time in the evening, but my blood sugar and my energy is just so up and down. I don't feel up for it by the time I'm done with my day. Yeah. So you also have products for children, right? You have, yeah, we do. So we've got a complimentary set, same resist, reduce and stabilize for kids. And the active ingredients are very similar. And but they have additional things and dosage in different dosages for children. So the resist strips are essentially the same in a different type of flavor and dosage. So gymnema, the stabilize and the reduce have some other things in them like cinnamon. It's actually a certain type of cinnamon, but have clinically proven results to help stabilize blood sugar. And then those come in rather than like a pill format in a gummy format, which is a little bit more kid friendly. Yeah, I'm thinking too, because applying it to my own life, selfishly, of course, yeah. my my kids tend to eat pretty well during the week and then birthday party on the weekend or after sports lunch or something, right? Yeah, that's it's hard to control. Starts, it's hard to control, right? And like you said, when we were talking earlier, it's like the battles can only be won so much, right? You're like, man, at some point, I kind of give in to a little bit, right? And so yeah. using those products around those times might be the perfect... Uh, yeah, that's what I do with my kids. 
I was joking earlier, I've got uh, two kids that I call carbitarians because they only eat carbs. And I'll give them a stabilize, which stabilize, you take it right before a meal. Um, that's mm. how you use the product. And they love the gummy format, but they taste great. And they love that gummy format. And then they have that pizza meal followed by ice cream at the birthday party that we all have been to a bunch of. Then you've got a little bit of a peace of mind. And I think I can also notice that the sugar crash is not quite as bad as it sometimes is, right? You've seen it at those birthday parties. The kids go bananas after they've, <laughs> they've had all that sugar. Yeah, then they crash on the way home. Yeah. And then they wake yeah, up and again, then, and they're like, oh, I'm ready to go again. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to pick up the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah one thing, there. man, like I've noticed with a lot of clients is the sugar intake and things like alcohol, right? So, right, wine. Mm -hmm. How would that work with these type of products? Same type of deal, or would you, like, obviously yeah. reducing alcohol, because alcohol itself is a toxin, but the sugar that can come with that huge detriment on sleep and energy and all the things that come sure. our necessity for daily life. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Is the answer. They work basically exactly the same way. So if you were to have a resist strip and then try to drink a glass of wine, it doesn't taste good. I've done, I've tried wow. it. just doesn't taste good, right? There are, there are sugars in wine, even in dry wine and it just is bad. And so people are using it in that way to resist that, that habit as well. Sure. So you do, you did mention Ripple Foods, right? Ripple Foods is the yeah. other you established. Talk to us a little bit about that. I think we, I know my audience would love to hear how that can relate to this because I know you've made a lot of products that would work seamlessly with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Ripple is a brand of dairy alternative milks and it was built out of the, the insight really that although there are a lot of dairy alternatives, they're pretty awful alternatives to dairy. And I'll explain that. Most of them are like almond and oat milk, which have an eighth of the protein or no protein at all in the case of something like a coconut milk. They lack the primary nutrition of dairy. It's like, how can you even call those things dairy alternatives? <laughs> um, and so we created the business. We created actually a technology behind Ripple, which was the ability to get uh, plant protein that was flavorless. Long story short, plant pro all proteins are tasteless. The reason that plant proteins taste planty is because there's other stuff that isn't protein that often gets co-extracted. We kind of solved that problem. And so we were able to make a really high protein, delicious non-dairy milk. We make it out of yellow peas. So yellow pea protein, which you'd be very familiar with, but it doesn't taste like yellow peas, fortunately. And it's got the same protein as dairy milk less than half of the sugar of dairy milk. We actually make a bunch of unsweetened varieties, which have no sugar at all, so no carbs at all. But we also make some really indulgent products, like we make a chocolate milk, and our chocolate milk has the same sugar as dairy milk. So we're able to make much lower sugar and no sugar versions of dairy alternatives that are super delicious and have more vitamin D, more calcium, same amount of protein. So yeah, they're marketed under the Ripple brand name, but stores nationwide, Amazon and works. Yeah. And so that was very much, and I, that was born out of the sort of nutrition as well as a sustainability motivation, because a lot of things like almond milk and oat milk, they're, they, they use a lot of water and, and fuel carbon sure. footprint. So yeah, we were aiming for that too. Yeah. That's amazing. I've always been a fan of milk. It's just the sugar and the lactose doesn't always agree with me and my, my children, right? Yeah. So having a substitute, I think it's more about the texture and just the combinations with other things. We make all sorts of like little healthy desserts using just a little bit of milk, 
right? right. And sometimes even that little bit of regular milk can disrupt your system and make you feel like kind of... Yeah, yeah. Different people, of course, have different tolerances for lactose. But what we really tried hard to do with the Ripple products is that a lot of what people really like about Ripple is the texture, the thickness that sort of of about a 2% milk, whereas an almond milk is thin and watery, kind of chalky stuff, right? Um, So we've got richness and body in, in, in the milk. And so people use it for all the things you use milk for. You can cook with it and put it in coffee and all that stuff. And, and it actually performs like milk. And so that's what we're trying to get after that's there. Incredible. What, what do you guys have coming down the pipe for the sugar break? Right? Is there anything else you guys feel like you have a pretty complete line? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we've, we're doing some research on right now is hydration, particularly mm-hmm. for people that are diabetic and pre-diabetic or just have glycemic issues. And there are certain types of hydration that are really important that are difficult to get if you're pre-diabetic and diabetic. And so Coming soon will be some products that you'll see from us that will help with that type of motivation and usage occasion where people are wanting to get their workout and their exercise, but are sometimes limited in the and the choices that they have from ordinary workout type. Perfect. Yeah. The struggle that we're facing from, I mean, just a pre-diabetic standpoint is massive. 80 million pre-diabetics in the U.S., Yeah, like that's, I go to my children's school to pick them up, drop them off. And I just take a look at some of the kids and it's, it definitely saddens me a lot, but I know there, the good news is there's solutions. It's just, we got to get them in front of people, but I see some of the children and they're already obese, right? And these are like seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, right? That are like terribly overweight. And then obviously it stems from some bad habits that were probably passed down It doesn't often take rocket science. It does take science, (laughs) but it's not rocket science. It's just changing a couple of things. Yeah. And I think what's tough about this is it's it's behavior-based, right? So it's about us and the choices that we make. And then also it's about making sure that you have the tools to make good choices for yourself, for your family. And listen, we all struggle with hey, I want to have this dessert or eat this yummy thing or whatever. And some people are better with, nope, I'm going cold turkey. I'm never going to eat that stuff ever again. Some people are a little bit better with a little bit is okay. And I'm going to keep myself from having a lot. And that's all kind of, it's different for every person. But what I think is important is figuring out what works for you and works for your family, your kids, and helping your kids kind of navigate that stuff. And I don't pretend to be doing it well with my kids. I certainly do not have the best diets. I can tell you that, but they're healthy kids. And my wife and I, we just try to have a lot of conversations with them about them making good choices. My wife and I don't really drink soda, right? And, but it's out there and it's okay. Well, you got to figure out what, how you're going to navigate that decision, right? And Absolutely. by the way, there's going to be a thousand more decisions where soda is supplemented with, you know, well, all kinds of alcohol that's coming down the pipe oh, yeah. for a teenager, yeah. right? So it's the same type of thing. We're just trying to guide them and turn them into good human beings. I think that's like the biggest thing though, right? Not to get into too deep of a discussion about parenthood, but I think like just the discussions and the communication are so big, right? Instead of being either super avoid- avoidant of any kind of discussion and just saying, nope, we're not going to talk about anything or being dogmatic, Right. Yeah. And saying it's my way or the highway, shut up and listen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know how that worked for me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, my wife and I, our approach is that eventually the kids are going to have access to stuff and they're going to need to make their own choices. So let's get ahead of that and have conversations with them about, Hey, we don't want you to have 
in this case, soda at this stage, but we recently with our 13 year old just said, well, okay, if you wanna have a little bit every one now and then, you can start to make that decision and you kind of help them through that until that you can demonstrate that they can do that responsibly. And I'll tell you in 10 years if it works or not, Josiah, okay? (laughs) We'll circle back. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah, it's arming them with the decision tree, right? To be able to say, if I go here, this is what it makes me feel like and leads to this, like alcohol. I'm going to tell my kids, hey, I don't want you to go out and drink a lot. But if you go to a party, I somehow don't cover every little part of your life. Like you might go out and drink a lot. Here's what's going to happen. And here's what could happen. And then if you don't do it, how does it make you feel? Like, what, do you yeah. want to do that again? Like <laughs> being a parent's the hardest thing in the world. That's why people yeah. shy away from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being an it's involved parent, I should say it's, it's the it hardest is not easy. Yeah. Well, how do our listeners find, or where, where can they jump into the sugar break line and also the ripple line too? Yeah, thanks for asking. So sugarbreak.com, you can buy it. Amazon, you can buy Sugar Break at any Target store in the country. You can buy it at CVS's on the East Coast, but Target, Amazon, sugarbreak.com, those are great places. And actually, those are the exact same places where you can get Ripple. Ripple's in every Target store. It's now on Amazon, ripplefoods.com. Ripple's also in tons of grocery stores throughout the country. They all have different names in different parts of the country. So, But whatever your local grocery store is, it's a good chance. It's got Ripple. Whole Foods carries Ripple. And then with Sugar Break, we're going to be getting into a lot more of those grocery stores and places like that over time. But since we're just getting started with that brand so far, it's it's targeted online. That's incredible, man. Well, Adam, hey, I appreciate you taking the time away from what you have going on to jump on the show, man. This is great. Look forward to getting these products in some of the hands of the people who listen to the show, man. Yeah, yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave us um, a review. A review. Come back next time.